Welcome to Connect Church Podcast with Louise Cardozo. So today we continue our series that we are talking about what is the gospel and what it has to do with me. And I would like to read something to us to remind us of the gospel, remind us of what we saw last week. And it's on the book of Galatians chapter 1. We will read from verse 6 to verse 10. And it says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. So Paul is writing to the people of Galatians that heard the gospel, that were growing the Lord, learning more of what God had for them. And all of a sudden, they start to listen to other people. They start to, to follow things that were not the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is what is on this book. The gospel is what the Bible says it is. And doesn't matter if it's Louis or an angel, anyone, if says something that is not here is distortion. It's wrong. Then we will not give you the end that you desire, that is to spend eternity with Christ. Doesn't matter how cool it looks or how great, you know, mind-wise that may be or how much sense it makes on this world. It will not. But even if, We are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach it to you. Let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Guys, we know if the Bible repeats something is because it's very, very, very important. They didn't have bold or italic or... You know, just put a, you know, a highlight mark or something on that. They didn't have that. So the way that their mind works is as it is when they want to emphasize something, they will repeat or they will explain it differently in the next verses. If anyone preaches or shares something that is not here, the Bible is saying, let it be accursed. That's it. For I'm now seeking the approval of men or of God. Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. What is he saying here? He doesn't care about people? No. Someone asked me that last week. So, Louis, what he read means this. No, what he meant is he loved people to the point to give his life. To serve people, the Apostle Paul. But he was concerned with God's approval. So we preach the gospel even when it's not cultural. Even when it's not the most amazing thing that people want to hear. Why? Because the gospel will confront. The gospel will shock. The gospel will transform. And transformation only happens when there is something there to be transformed. And not that anyone is perfect that doesn't need transformation, but we need to realize and understand that we need that to allow God to perform that transformation in our lives. Today, I would like to continue to talk to you about what is the gospel. And the three things that the Lord wants to speak to us is all about our hearts. It's all about what is the gospel doing in me. 
So last week we talked a lot about the gospel itself. Today, what is the gospel in me? Next week, where the gospel will lead me? What will happen? Future and everything. But today, the first thing we need to continue to understand about what is the gospel and what it has to do with me, we need to understand that the gospel is an invitation to worship. It is. The gospel is an invitation to worship. There is nothing more important in life than worship. We all worship something, guys. We all worship something or someone. Maybe we just, we just not know. But we do. And whatever you worship, you will pursue. Jim Elliot said that. He was an amazing missionary. You can read more about his life. But whatever you worship, you will pursue. So I don't understand people that says they worship God and they just don't care about God. That's not the gospel. That's not a relationship. That's not Christianity. If we love God, we pursue God because whatever we love, we pursue. People work 60, 70 hours a week because they pursue what they love. And they love their work, their money, their prosperity, their honor. People that spend 100 hours a week studying to get something... But then people have just a theoretical gospel that couldn't change anything on their lives. Guys, if that's you, I want to be very clear to you in love. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. The gospel don't allow us to be as we are because it's a big mirror in front of us. That's why Paul is saying there's some people that heard the gospel, but then they turn to something else. That's not the gospel. Worship is the rightful response to the revelation of God. When God reveals, and He does that all the time, when we understand the revelation of God, our rightful response is to worship. And to change from all the worship that we do that is wrong and sinful and idols and all that. That can be anything in our lives to the true one God. God is real. Worship Him is in response to this revelation. That's it guys. Remember you will worship and you will pursue. And you will spend time and energy pursuing what you worship. Maybe it's time to... Be honest to God and, and, and remember that what we are worshiping is not exactly what we wanted. Because you know what? In Matthew 15, 4, the Bible is very clear when it tells us about uh, many worships, worshipers will fail to realize that they were or they are worshiping God with their lips, but not with their hearts. Matthew 15, 9, you know, Jesus was rebuking people. And he used the words of the prophet Isaiah saying, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain they do their worship me. They teach doctrines, the commandments of men. In other words, people were doing, you know, talking a lot. They were going there and making all the performance of worshipers, but their hearts were somewhere else. Jesus also compared the same people as an open graveyard. A grave that was open and all that smelled nice outside, but full of death inside. But Louis, how can we, how can we worship God? 
how can we respond to the gospel in a way that God wants? That is, any response to this revelation is worship. First of all, is understanding, guys, on the Old Testament, the, the understanding of worship was the Hebrew word shahaf, or whatever proper Hebrew means. Remember my gift to speak any language wrong. So, shahaf or whatever similar to that was worship. And shahaf literally means when you just bow down before something at a distance and you revere and you worship something and you pay honor. You reduce yourself paying honor to something that is far greater at a distance. That is shahaf. On the New Testament, they use a different word that is proskuneo, whatever in Greek that may really sound like. But proskuneo literally comes from the act when you approach someone that you know will receive you and you go to give that hug, that kiss. That is proskuneo, proximity, knowing that you are a sect. So remember, the difference from Old and New Testament worship is the revelation of Jesus. And through the revelation of Jesus, I'm accepted and I can have this assurance that I'm accepted and I'm, lead, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit to Jesus. And to have relationship and intimacy with the God of the, of the whole world. That's it. That's worship as a revelation of the gospel. When I know Jesus is real, He is God, He died for me, He's inviting me for a relationship with Him through His death and resurrection, then proskuneo happens because I'm accepted and I'm pursuing Him and I'm worshiping Him and I'm going to Him. And I know He will receive me. That's not because I'm good, because I'm not. That's not because I'm perfect, because I'm not. That's because Jesus, He accepts me through Himself, because of Himself. And that's what I want, Jesus. I want more of you. I want more of you. Guys, we are called to worship. Worship is not about music. Worship is not about gatherings. Worship is not about to be in the same place. It's not about the attitude of other people. It's not about the, if they sing short or long songs, if they sing mantras for 10 minutes or just quick songs. That's not has nothing to do with worship. Worship is all about my heart. It is. It's all about to remember the attributes of Jesus. The Bible says God called us from darkness to light to proclaim the virtues the virtues of the one who called me, to proclaim the good things, who God is, what He does. Not what I want Him to do, but what He does. That is, that is what God called us to do. A few weeks ago, I was watching this, this conference called Renew, and I was really shocked with this pastor from the first Baptist church in Orlando, and we went to this church, Danny and I, Beto, Mozanir, when we went to a conference in America. It's a 15,000 people church. It's, it's ridiculously amazing. Everything. I think just the, 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 the office where they had all the equipment to transmit online their services were bigger than our church when we were at Connect. You know, it was just great. This guy, he was riding his bike and he fell and he discovered that he had, on the same day, he discovered he had a brain tumor and a heart problem. 
and that he had to have an open heart surgery straight away. And when he recovered, he had to open his brain to, to remove this tumor. Guys, I don't know about you, but I, I would be petrified if that was the case. Pastor, so you are afraid of death. Death is not the biggest problem here, guys. When you open your heart and then your brain straight away, it, it, there's a lot of other things. And he said that the only thing he could do was to ask his wife to come and put a speaker with worship songs. And he didn't sing a word. He just allowed the truth about God to soak his heart. And he was being reminded of who is God, what God does, who God is, what God does, who God is, what God does. I'm accepted and loved and he transforms and one day I'll go to him. And let me tell you, he said that after a while, the fear just was dispelled, just destroyed. And he could be reminded that God is real, God is working for our good even when we don't see it and that removed the fear of him and his wife on that moment he's still alive but the thing is even if he wasn't he was assured of who god was was that's worship the attitude of our hearts and the thing is guys many people think that worship is all about music or bad gatherings or places or together on sunday morning and let me tell you something i am the person that is missing a lot to be together. I am. More than I thought I would be. And let me tell you something. But God is more interested in filling empty hearts than empty buildings. He is. That's the article I'm writing to the guys in America. God is a lot more interested in filling people's heart than empty buildings. Guys, church continues to exist. The, the, the great, the amazing thing with, with COVID-19 for me is that revealed the heart of people. Many people, they say they lost their faith during this time. They stopped congregating altogether. They stopped growing on their faith because they can't go to a building. Where is that on the Bible? Where is that on the Bible, guys? Read the New Testament. Where is that? Read the Old Testament. For them, God was close in the building. Then Jesus came to break that out. And, and you know, the, the veil was torn apart. And people were trying to sew the, the, the veil again and put Jesus behind the four walls and say, you were only there. You only manifest there. Well, I'll be only back to you when you were there. Guys, this is not Jesus. This is not the gospel. I would love to go back now, today. But that's not the gospel. That's my preference. And we cannot mix our preferences with the gospel. Church continues to exist even more. We are 19 houses now with services happening a lot more than before. But many people are still struggling because they don't understand that the gospel releases from the four walls, not put us back there. And again, as soon as we can, we will jump back. But if we don't learn with COVID and what Jesus wants us to teach us on this moment, that we are more than four walls and that for the person that is lost in your community, they couldn't care less if you have four walls to worship or not. They want to see Jesus in your life. This is worship. When I realize that Jesus is all that I need, even when my preference is not followed. Since the Shama of God, you know, when God called His people, people to worship Him and to love Him, the first commandment was 
love God. Jesus came, he put the ten in two commandments, and he continues to say, love God. And I love when John Wesley said, and then Bishop Asbury in America, the first bishop in America, also repeat that again and again in his sermons. Love or worship is love exercised. When I do love in a practical way to God, that's worship. The last encounter of the church we can see in Revelation 7, 9 to 11. Everyone worshiping every language, tongue, nation, tribe, everything. The first in Acts chapter 2 is the first time the Christian churches were really together and the Holy Spirit came and people were worshiping God in their language, everything. Both places, guys, is people being set free, saying who God is. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and the land. Salvation belongs to our God. Remember that song? That's it. That's what people will be singing. I don't know if that song, but this part it is. That's what the Bible says. Guys, the gospel both provokes, generates, and enables worship in our life. The second thing I would like you to understand today about the attitude of our hearts toward the gospel and the response of the gospel is that the gospel is an invitation to surrender the control to God. That's the invitation. The three invitations today. When I encounter the gospel and I know the gospel, the gospel is an invitation to surrender the control of my life to God. Who is in control of your life? If it's not God, go to the gospel. The gospel is an invitation to show you you are not in control, to give the lordship to God. It's an invitation to continue worship with a practical way. That's it. God is in control, guys. He must be. If I don't allow Him to be, then I'm trying to be in control. And that is ruin. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 17 to 31, the Bible tells us about the young, rich ruler. This guy that came with a lot of religiosity, and he's performed a lot for God. Jesus, you know, I'm being very good since I was born. I did this, I did that, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm here in this church for 35 years. And all the good things he did. And then Jesus said, that's so good. Well done. Now let's go to the bottom of your heart. So sell everything and follow me. One, if you see that I'm really God, that wouldn't be a problem. Two, if you are so focused in God's kingdom, that wouldn't be a problem either. You would just follow me. We would just be God and Son, you know? And he was very sad and he left Jesus' presence. Why? Because it wasn't God that was in control. It wasn't Jesus that was in control. It was his own belly. It was his own idea of a successful Christian or godly person. It was a successful idea of I can do and through performance I'll please God and go to heaven. And let me tell you, this is not allow God to be in control. For me, one of the scariest things on the Bible is to remember that God is good. Louis, you are, you know, weird. How is that really a scary thing? It is. Because God is good. What a God that is good do with people that is not. And that's what the Bible says, that we are not good without Jesus. He wouldn't accept. He cannot have something that is not perfect goodness in His heaven. 
So Jesus comes and take my death to show me that I'm not God. I'm not the Lord. I'm not. He's. It's not my idea of a nice church that must happen, but God's idea. It's not my idea of a perfect Christian that must happen, but God's idea. He's in control, not me. I'm, guys, I'll say something to you that, that may be a shock, but you are not the most important person in the universe. I know sometimes we'd like to think we are, but we are not. Guys, we are not God. I'm not God. You are not God. I'm not like Him yet. That's exactly the temptation of Adam and Eve. When the serpent went to them, they're exactly that today. God wants the knowledge for himself. He wants to be in control himself. So why not you eat these and be in control a little bit and, and discover things that only God can know? You can be in control as well. That's it. How many serpents around you right now saying, you can be in control, do as you wish. Surely you're not going to die. The Bible was written 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 years ago. You're surely not going to die. Nah, you, you can have a different sexuality that the Bible says is the right one. You know, you're not going to die. Surely you cannot follow parts of the Bible. You know, we are in the 21st century. Why give your thighs? Why fast? Why pray? Why follow Jesus? You know, he's not the only way. Look how good Muslims are out there or how much... Uh, how many, you know, uh, Hindus are out there? They're all with good intention. Of course, they go to heaven. Guys, let me tell you something. All these serpents are lying to you because as soon as you bite, you lose. And you lose because God doesn't share His glory with anyone, anything. And if you want to try to be like Him, exactly like Lucifer, you'll be put out of heaven. And you're going to miss it. I'm not God, and I don't want to bite the fruit like Adam and Eve did. And for me, again, COVID came to show us that we love to be in control, don't we? I discovered that I love to be in control a lot more than I do. I discovered that I love my pattern of life a lot more than I do, even though the pattern of my life seemed crazy, was a pattern, and I was very secure in that. I knew it. Now I don't. But how cool is that? An opportunity to refresh and say, God, you are in control of me. I would like to meet. I would like to go to work in a physical place. You know, try to be for adults, basically, in the same house. It's, wow. Um, yes, pray for me. You know, and, and, and it's just chaotic. And it's cold and it's rainy. And Lord... Yes, you are not in control. But today there is an invitation from the gospel, echoing from the gospel, saying, give the control of your life to God. And if you don't agree with me that sometimes it's not God that is in control, try to fast for a day. You will discover very quickly what is in control of your life. That is your own needs. Guys, I was sharing with the guys in academy. I went to preach there on Friday and, and, and they broadcast to other countries. But what was great, it was a great experience. But what happened, one of the things that I was sharing to them is that, guys, when I fast, and I do fast sometimes, uh, I remember a kid once I was teaching about fasting and this kid came to me and said, I dare you, you don't fast, look to your belly. I said, yeah, even with this belly, I do fast. But, but the thing is, when I fast, guys, 
When I don't, I can have my breakfast and just eat five o'clock. Sometimes it's just that, and that's, that's okay. When I fast, if I have a breakfast at eight, eight forty-five, I'm starving to death. And uh, it's the weirdest thing. And then 11 o'clock, I'm already finding ways to give up and say, God, you know, I tried. I did three hours. Yes, amen. But let me tell you something, guys. That just shows that the nature, that you know, my nature, my own um, nature has a lot more voice than I think it is. But that's a good way to fast, to give the sovereignty and control to God and say, God, may your will be done. It, I'm not trying to change you, God. That's the hardest beat on, on, on any, any spiritual discipline. I want to be changed by you. And the last thing I would like to share with you guys is this. The gospel is an invitation to die. Lois, are you making apology to suicide? No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. God wants to give you life. But the only way to find life is to giving yourself, to surrender yourself, and dying to yourself. That's the only way. I would like to read something, guys, to you that is on John 12, John 12, 24. So John 12, 24, the Bible says this. Look how awesome it is. So, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless again a grain of, of wet falls into the earth and dies... It remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Guys, we are called to deny ourselves. We are called to allow God to be God because we are not. The only way to find real life is to giving up on your own ways. Is to find God's way. Is to be willing to die to yourself. Is to change. Guys, whatever was so precious to me after I met God, I was like, I had this. Woo, I have that. Jesus is a lot more. But unfortunately, guys, when we listen to some testimonies of people sharing their lives, and, and that's a good way to discover if you are dying to yourself or not, is just take a, a white piece of paper and write there your testimony. And when you write your testimony, see if you are glorifying your past or if you are glorifying God in your life. I've heard many testimonies of people looking back and saying, that was my life. Woo, was amazing. I was this, and I was that, and I was doing this. All that God hated. And then I met Jesus, and that's it. Yeah, life is that. Guys, if you're still thinking like this, you haven't met the power of the gospel yet. If we're still thinking that, 
a night of having drinking or sleeping with multiple people or drugs or or having the life that I wanted and I know that's not what is on the Bible. If you think that is real life, you haven't met the gospel. You need to meet Jesus and you need to accept him in your life. Because let me tell you, he's a lot more. And I'm not trying to put guilty on you, but I'm trying to open your eyes. He's a lot better and bigger and most awesome than anything that I had in my life. His life. He created joy. Jesus is joy. He is real fun. He is life abundant. A lot more than anything. So it's time to die for anything. And like Jesus said in John 15. No one has greater love than this. To die. And he died for his friends. And for people that were not his friends. Let's do like Luke 9.23 says. And deny ourselves. And follow him. Because we are sinners. If we don't remember we are sinners. We will not need a savior. But we are sinners and we are doomed without Jesus. And that's why we need to die. We need to die. Guys, I would like to share a story with you to finish. On the Second World War, uh, this man was on the line to be killed by the Nazis. And he was there on the, on, the, on, the, on the queue to die. And when he was the next one to go, he was looking to the floor and, and thinking, God, I have a family. God, I'll die and what will happen to my family? On that moment, another man came and said, Look, I'll die on his place. That's a real story. I'll die on his place. He will not, he doesn't need to die. And the Nazi guy looked and said, I don't care who dies. I need to kill one more. So you can come on his place. And he just looked to that guy and said, Hey, go back to your family and make it worth it. That guy died. But the other guy lived an entire life with these words on his mind. Someone died for me. I'll make it worth it. Guys, this is a real story. Sometimes we forget that Jesus did a lot more than that. Because he didn't die and look to us and said, hey, make it worth it. He died for everyone here in the whole world and said, hey, I'm, a, I'm knocking on the door of your heart with real life. I already died your life. Now receive my life. Then you can decide to die to the old things that are just leading you to hell and bad stuff. You can have heaven and life and abundant life now and forever. That is called Jesus Christ. That is the centrality of the gospel. That's what Jesus did for you. And that's who Jesus is for you. God, Jesus is the gospel. And we are called to die to everything that is not the gospel. And live to Jesus. Let us pray. God, in Jesus' name, I bless everyone that is here today. And I pray, Father, in the precious name of Jesus, that we may worship you in spirit and truth today, because you are worth it. You are worth it. Father, help us to listen to your voice and to give the control of our lives to you. You are the Lord that is in control of everything. And Father... I decide to die to my own self, to, my, to the old things, the old ways that didn't lead me to you, but led me to the other areas and other consequences that I didn't want to. Father, maybe today we are coming to a conclusion that maybe we don't know you as we would like to. Or that maybe we, we need a fresh revelation, a fresh encounter with the gospel. So, Father, today I'd like to open this invitation to anyone. 
Guys, if you'd like to have this fresh revelation of Jesus, if you'd like to, to have an encounter with God, inviting Him to your heart right now. Just, it's not a phrase that will make it happen, but it helps to say it. So if you'd like that, just say with me, Dear God, I understand that I'm living to myself. I understand, Lord, that I'm still having joy and pleasure in things that it's against your will. And that I don't have this joy and pleasure that a pastor is saying sometimes in just having a life with you. How wrong we got it. But Father, I pray today that I may have a fresh revelation with you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I pray that I may know you because you are better than life itself. You are the author of life and joy and peace and relationship. And I want to be in relationship with you. I bless everyone here to go and to make a difference in the world. Because that's what the gospel does. A difference in our lives and in the world. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining the Connect Church Podcast. If you'd like more information or to ask us a question, please go to www.cntchurch.co.uk.